God is holy, 100% perfect, 100% different, 100% not us. And in so doing, nothing is owed by him. But we owe him everything. And as we've been set free by him, as he has called us his people and we believe in faith that he is God and we're not, he calls us to be holy. And so you see it right here, holy, holy, like being fully holy, not just kind of holy, not just kind of putting your toe in the water. Ooh, yeah, okay, Jesus is kind of cool. I'll, I'll get into that on Sundays. I'll get into that uh, when I need it. I'll get into that when I'm thankful, but like fully following him. And so we're looking at that in the, the letters that God's people wrote once Jesus rose from the dead, ascended and started his church which isn't a building, it's people, it's his body. And so we've talked about the fact that we need to be empowered to do that because you can't do it on your own. You don't have what it takes to do that on your own. And that's okay. Like literally, this is where the one time I'll agree, it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to admit that you don't have it all together. It's okay to admit that you're not holy on your own and that you need power. So this got me to thinking about what we and some other people have experienced just in the last six days, few days, really, no power. That's a bummer. For some people, like, that's why I have a wood-burning stove. Don't be a rookie. Okay, cool, get it. You're amazing. And yet even that, like the wood or the pellets or whatever it might be, is like, you didn't come up with that. You might have cut it. You might have slid it. You might have put it in there. But you didn't come up with that. God is the provider. He's the provider of life. And we desperately needed power. I was in, in our office, and one of my friends has never actually had her power go out in her lifetime. I'm like, wow, really? She's like, hey, you should just go reset the, nope, that's not how that works. <laughs> power went out. Without the power of God, you don't have what it takes. You know what it's like, right? You, have you ever had the power go out? You know it's out. You're 15, 20, 30 at two hours in, and you go and turn on the light switch. That's like looking for your glasses through your glasses. I remember when the power went out, I had my flashlight on looking for my phone. You know I need power. <laughs> it's like the power of the Lord, right? I, and so I just started thinking about this. It's like, wow, what a great picture. Hopefully you can unpack more of that in your own mind. But today we're going to talk about the promise, the power, and the purpose of the Holy Spirit. We're going to get at it from Acts 2. So look for this, the promise, the power, and the purpose of the Holy Spirit. I'll just one last thought on the being uh having your power reinstated, like you hear about it, right? Like they promise it'll be done. And now I'm out of the picture, but that's exactly how you feel, right? It's so real. Like they promised you, you're dependent on it. You, you need it. You're like, gosh, am I going to have to like get out and hibachi all of this food that's going to, you know, I mean, you've got like all these things with just the power of this. What about the power of the Holy Spirit? How desperate are you for him? Are you able to get some things done in your I don't really need God. Really. Maybe today's your day that you see just how much you need him. 
Let's go to Acts 2, and uh, I'll go 1 through 4 to begin with. And again, there's a lot that we've already talked about, but since I have a ton ahead of me, I'll ask if you are interested, you could go and watch or listen to a podcast. I think uh, listening is probably a little easier. My friend was like, hey, Aaron, when you wore that like tan thing, you kind of melded into the background and it looked like just a head was floating. <laughs> yeah, real cool. <laughs> Gosh, all right. Here we go. Acts 2, 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost, Pentecost means 50, it's 50 days after Passover. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. What did Jesus tell them before he ascended? To go do what? To wait. And to wait well. And what did we talk about as waiting well? How do you wait well? Be expectant, but what else? Keep doing his will. We pray, we read the word, we share, we get together, together, unified. We talked about that last week. So they were together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. Some of you, that's triggering right this second. <gasps> mighty rushing wind. You guys, wind is so beautiful in the Bible. Numa, numo is also the word for spirit and breath in the Greek. And there's so many ways I could go with this, but I don't have time for it, but I will tell you in Ezekiel 37, a mighty wind comes and gives life to bones. In 1 Kings 19, Elijah goes, and there's this mighty wind that breaks rocks, but the power of the Lord was in the whisper. You guys, Huns, geek out as you will, but <laughs> go check out wind in the Bible. But here you go. Suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. As the Spirit gave them the ability to speak it. Speaking tongues is speaking a language. So really quick, I know I already gave you a couple verses. I'd love to ask somebody to read John 3, 8. Like when you get it, stand up and read it loud in your big boy or big girl voice. But I'd love to hear from you. John 3, 8. This is Jesus with Nicodemus. Nick at night, they have this little meeting. Who's got John 3, 8? There you go. Thanks so much, Gary. Jesus said, look, the wind comes and goes as it will, and that's how it is with the Spirit. When you're born from above, when you're born of the Spirit, when you're born again, there's a power that you cannot explain. You don't have to. You don't have to explain it, and you can't, but you can receive it. What a great gift. What a great gift from God. Let's go back to Acts 2, 5 through 11. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. They were there for Passover and Pentecost. They were 
all there together. This is profound. I want you to, to see how this all unpacks. And at this sound, the multitude came together. What sound? Yeah, the mighty rushing wind. And these guys have these languages, right? And so this mighty rushing wind, it started in the room, but it didn't stay there. Church, let me just get to some preaching for a second. If we're going to stay here and be Christians, it's a waste. It's a waste. You cannot leave Christianity at a church building. So many people are desperately wanting to see people live it out to know that it actually works. Evan talked about it. There's people that are hungry and thirsty. They just don't have so many Christians in their lives. You know why? Various reasons. But one of them is we leave Jesus at church. My friend said, now don't put the little Jesus fish on the back of my car because if I do that, then I can't drive like hell. <laughs> Be held accountable, bro. Come on. But so they go out into the streets. And the sound of this, the multitude came together, all these people from all these nations, and they were bewildered. Woo, wait for it. We start to see some words here. Bewildered, amazed, astonished, perplexed. And all these words in the Greek are actually different words that are saying effectively the same thing. They didn't get it. They were amazed. They couldn't explain it. They were confused. They were befuddled. It's a fun little word. Listen. They were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. They were from different countries with different languages. They had Judaism in common, Yahweh in common, and they were there to celebrate. But they had to learn to speak the language there, either Greek or Hebrew. But now they're hearing their language. And they're hearing, well, listen. They were amazed and astonished, saying, are not all these who speak Galileans? Aren't they from this little podunk area and this little podunk country? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia. Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. This is such a great reminder that we need to tell the world who Jesus is. Look, if I went to Haiti again, and I wanted to live there, I could not expect those amazing people to learn English so I could make sense of the gospel. I'd have to learn Haitian Creole. And I only know enough of that to say, hi, how you doing? Glory to God. I mean, just some little things. But if you're there for 10 days, you're fine. But if you want people to know the good works of the holy, holy, holy God, you need to know how to speak to them. You need to learn. You need to be a part of it. Just a little quick little gift for you that are married. Learn how to communicate to your spouse in a way that they understand. 
Well, they should learn from me. Okay. Who's going to outdo one another in kindness? Well, there's these love languages, and mine's physical touch. He should know that. Yep. What's his? I don't know. <laughs> Learn it. You're on an amazing mission trip called marriage. Learn each other's languages. Speak to each other. Outdo each other in kindness. Ooh, Aaron's getting preachy. <laughs> I'm not getting anything. <laughs> I've been there for a while. Listen to this again, verse 11. Both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. God said, go and wait. The power will come to you. Timing is everything, church. Timing is everything. God's timing, more importantly. Think about it. They could have gone straight from the ascension and ran and started telling everybody everything. But God takes this beautiful moment at Pentecost where there's people from every nation on earth and he gives them the languages that they would understand in their own tongues. I have a quick picture of what this looks like when you hear the good news in your own tongue. Kathy and I, for a decade, were part of a ministry that would go up to the Skagit Valley area and minister to migrant farm workers. And it's not just who you think. There's people that were born and raised in Texas and California and people who were born and raised in Mexico and some people that were born and raised in other countries outside of the North American continent. And you know what? There was people that had been totally ignored and we were a part of that, and it was really amazing and wonderful. We were showing the Jesus film. You guys heard of that before? You should check it out. It actually is a film, and it shows the gospel. It shows Jesus' life and death and resurrection. It's really, really cool. It was before the Passion of the Christ. And they translated it into so many different languages. Well, we were actually ministering at a, a camp where there is people that are from Oaxaca. Have you heard of Oaxaca? Some of you? That's deep southern Mexico. In there, there's multiple languages that aren't Spanish that are spoken. One of them is Trique. And then there's a Mixteco. And the reality is, very few things are recorded in the Trique language. We had a film that was the Jesus film in the Trique language and... We turned it on, and people that did not come out and see us all day long and all the different things we were doing with the kids and games and VBS and all that came streaming out of their tents or their cabins because they were hearing the good news. They saw a film in their own language. God was so working this out, you guys. That these people now are hearing the amazing works of God, but it wasn't just the amazing works of God that they knew as Jews. Wait, God's still doing new stuff? And they're hearing it, and they were amazed. Timing is everything. Zach, Pastor Zach, gave you a word today to be patient, to be expectant. I'm his father. I know how hard it is for him to be patient. <laughs> he learned that from his mother. <laughs> Just kidding. He learned that from his daddy, and he still 
learning how to unlearn some things. But God is not asleep at the wheel. God is not unaware of what you need. God is not unaware of what's going on. Let's move on. Verse 12 of Acts 2. Again, all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? You might remember the question, right? What does this mean? Later on in the message. But they're trying to figure it out. Sometimes you can't figure it out. You just need to enjoy it. Just need to receive it. I mean, I know that among us today stood a number of us that if we don't have our questions answered, probably not doing this Jesus thing. I got to know everything. Well, you won't. You want to know some things, and, and he'll show you many things, but not everything. As I've heard said, and I, I think I've got it written down here, J.B. Phillips, who did a paraphrase of the Bible, he said, if God was small enough for us to figure out, he wouldn't be big enough for us to worship. But others weren't just amazed and perplexed and asking questions. What does this mean? Others mocked. And they said, they're filled with new wine. You guys, this one doesn't make sense to me at all. These men and women are speaking languages that they don't know. They're from a little tiny area in Israel. And they're speaking languages from all around the world. And they're like, oh, I know what it is. They're drunk. Don't tell Duolingo that. Don't tell Rosetta Stone that, because all you have to do is get drunk and you can speak another language. <laughs> These guys are just trying to explain something away, and it's just dumb. It doesn't make sense. They're mocking. Oh, man, they're just drunk. Don't listen to them. Verse 14. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice. Now, this guy who cowered and was afraid before a servant girl when Jesus was arrested and he denied Jesus three times, reinstated, now is standing up in a crowd and he's proclaiming some stuff. That's empowerment. That's the Holy Spirit. You guys, we can do all things through him who gives us strength. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, all these people who are here right now, dwelling, hanging out, Airbnb, whatever it was that they were doing. Let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk as you suppose. Since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. This fisherman is preaching again and he was told that he would, just like all of us, be filled with God's spirit and be able to understand his word. Now, you got to read it. you got to know it. But God makes things known to us that we didn't previously know. I've told you there's every Sunday that I've been here teaching or preaching or any other opportunity that I've had, God gives me something even in the middle of it, even though I prepared and planned and studied a bunch. God is here, you guys, and he's wanting to fill his people and so he's quoting the book of Joel, the prophet Joel. In the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on flesh, all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. 
Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit and they will prophesy. This is already happening in our time. It started to happen there. There's about to be some not yet that's coming up. And you remember prophecy is like that, right? There's some already, some things that have been fulfilled, things that are being fulfilled. And then there's a not yet. It it hasn't happened yet. But it's coming because God's not a liar. He's never lied. Ever. Praise God. You don't know anybody like that but him. And, and this is the not yet part, I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor and smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Woo! Women and men, servants, old and young, all these people are going to be given his spirit to help people get saved. To proclaim the good news of Jesus. To be about his kingdom. Look, I love it, and I want to just quickly get to this grace and truth. What do you guys understand grace to mean? What does grace mean? It's a woman's name. I got that. What else? Huh? (laughs) Undeserved forgiveness. Thank you, Darcy. Yeah, Katie. Mercy. You guys, when you're... um, Getting ready to eat, do you say grace? Do you understand that? You might remember from John's favorite movie, Christmas Vacation. Grace, she's been dead 30 years. <laughs> it's not a person's name, it's a thing. It's unbelievably beautiful. Grace, like undeserved favor, something you couldn't earn. So, truth. Truth is truth. We've got in our community and in our culture, hey, it's your truth and your truth and your truth. Well, God's truth is flat out God's truth. In Jesus, it says in John 1, is filled with grace and truth. So you've heard a very gracious and truthful message, but mostly just grace, like God's going to pour out his spirit on all these people, and it's happening right then, it's happening now, and there's going to be signs, and those things are coming. And it's for those who call upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. Those who are like, nah, I don't get it. What's this mean? We don't believe it. These people are drunk. When you say no to grace, my dear friends, all you have left is truth. And the truth is, God will separate. He's the judge. A lot more on that, but not today. But this grace and truth isn't a 50-50 journey. It's not a 50-50 adventure. It's 100% grace and 100% truth. So you heard the grace in Peter's message. Now hear the truth. Men of Israel, verse 22, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst as you yourselves know. This Jesus, who didn't just do all these things, he was delivered up 
according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. So God planned this? God planned for him to actually be served up in a dismaying way, like in a completely disrespectful and dishonoring way? Yeah, sometimes God's got a plan that we just don't get. That's back to the, oh, we can't control this. What's happening? They're speaking in our language. Maybe in your own life. What's happening? I can't understand this. Zach talked about it during communion. I'll just touch on it one more time. God isn't done yet. (laughs) God isn't done. He's still doing great things, and he will continue to because that's who he is. But he was delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. And you, he's talking to these people there in Israel, crucified and killed him by the hands of lawless men, by the Romans. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Whoo-wee. For David says concerning him, now he's quoting David, King David, the psalmist, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One see corruption. You've known me, excuse me, you've made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, and that word can mean brothers and sisters. There's men in the audience and they would call them brothers. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried and his tomb is with us to this day, not very far from that actual place that they were standing. They knew where David was buried. Being therefore a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades or to the grave nor did his flesh see corruption. Why not? Why didn't the body of Jesus see corruption? Why didn't it decay? Anybody? He's God. It wasn't in the tomb very long. (laughs) It wasn't unused. Exactly. It wasn't unused. Good word, Leslie. It he rose from the dead. The resurrection is so important for us as Christians. So, this Jesus God raised up, and of that we're all witnesses. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. He's talking about what's happening in that current moment where they're speaking in languages and hearing languages, the good news and the great work of God. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ. That's Lord and Savior, Messiah, this Jesus whom you crucified. He was bringing truth. 
He gives them just a snapshot of who Jesus is, was, and always has been. He's like, you killed him. You blew it. I'll ask one more time, uh, guest reader. John 8, and we'll go 31 through 32. If somebody could stand and read that, I would greatly appreciate it. John 8, 31 through 32. Stephanie. Thank you very much. The truth sets us free. We are so afraid in our culture to tell people the truth because we don't want to offend somebody. We don't want to be considered judgmental we want to be considered narrow-minded we are really worried about what people consider what about what god says is right what about helping people and loving them enough to tell them the truth and do it graciously could go on for that and i'll have to wait we'll finish so he preaches grace and truth he says you blew it you killed the savior We're here telling the good news of Jesus, the risen Savior. He's Lord and Savior. He is not just one or the other. And he's like, here you go. Lay it out. Verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? It's no longer what does this mean. We know what it means. What are we supposed to do with it now? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. If I may, really, really quick, that is a bumper crop of a response. It happens still to this day that thousands come to the Lord in one moment. But it's pretty rare. The thousands come to the Lord all day, every day, all around the world because the good news is being preached and it's truth and it sets people free. One really cool, I don't know, it's just a cookie for you, but in Exodus 32, Moses is up on the mountain and he's getting the Ten Commandments and the Lord is telling him some housekeeping stuff but he's also saying look you're going to build a temple all these things it's some really cool stuff and then he says hey you better go down because those people are blowing it they're worshiping a golden calf i'm gonna wipe them out and start over with you and he's like whoa whoa god please don't let let me just go down there 
And when he goes down there, he throws the law that he'd just been given, the Ten Commandments, and he crushes his golden calf and makes him, puts it in water and makes him drink the water. And then he says, hey, whoever's with me, get your sword and start killing people who are in the middle of this nastiness. That doesn't work today. <laughs> and on that day, 3,000 people died when the law was given. This day we just read, when the Holy Spirit was given, 3,000 people got saved. God doesn't want to destroy people. He wants to set them free. But they get to choose. I'm going to skip to move towards Jesus real quick. Thank you. How will you move towards Jesus today? For some of you, my friends, today's the day that you confess. I don't know everything, Lord, and I won't know everything, but I know that you're the Lord, and I confess it. I believe that you're the Lord, and I give my life to you. I give my heart to you. I confess that you're the Lord. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose from the dead. I don't know how all that works, but here I am, and I give myself to you. Some of you need to repent of being people who know the good news and have just said, nah, it's optional. I, I, don't, I don't need to necessarily live for the Lord. He loves me already. It's time to repent. It's time to turn back. Yet again, I went to a memorial service for somebody who died of fentanyl overdose. Young. And it's so heart-wrenching. I'm so sad about it. While you still have breath in your lungs, turn back to the Lord. Repent and obey. How do you move towards Jesus? You believe him. You take him at his word. You learn about him. You don't stray. You stay. Get plugged in. Be involved. <laughs> We're talking about host teams. I don't get paid extra money for the amount of people that sign up for that. I want people to feel loved and welcomed because they're going to come in and hear the hammer. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, you know, it, <laughs> it happens sometimes, right? But more than that, I want them to know Jesus, and I want them to know that they're loved and that they're seen. Oh, there you are. For some of you moving towards Jesus, it's time to proclaim. Proclaim this grace and proclaim this truth. Learn how to share your faith i got to let you go, but I want to remind you, the promise, the power, and the purpose of the Holy Spirit was just laid out right here. Jesus keeps his word. The power is his, and he shares it and gives it to us. And the purpose, I'm going to ask you to tell me right now. What's the purpose of God's gift of his Holy Spirit? He's our teacher. What's he teaching us? Yeah. The truth. He's our teacher. What else? What's the purpose? Whoo, there we go. Restoration with who? With God. Look, I'm going to tell you, and Nate, if you're in the room, I'm not dogging you or nothing. That last song we sang, I couldn't sing for years. I didn't like it. He thought of me above all. No, he's, 
he's there for God. You know what he thought of? He thought of both of us. He thought of me being restored to God above all for the shame that was before him. He scorned it because he was setting people free. Ooh, he thought of us. That doesn't make sense, but I take it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the purpose of your Holy Spirit, the power, and that you keep your promises. Thank you that we have a chance to see you and to believe you and to make you known. We have a chance to come to you, and we're going to need to come to you over and over again, but I'm really, really grateful for this opportunity today because it's the only day we have, <coughs> excuse me, that we have. I want to lift up my family to you. We have babies on the way. We have all kinds of different things going on, being together, remembering you. God, thank you for these wonderful family members right here in this room. May they go. May they be strong and courageous, and may they be contagious. May they share your good news on trips, at work, in stores, at school. God, may they repent where they need to repent. May they obey where they need to obey. May they share when they get the opportunity to share. I pray all this in your perfect name. Amen. May God bless you. I'll see you next week.